Thank you so much for listening to this pre-recorded episode of Agent Chat Live. Agent Chat Live is a spin-off of Pub Talk Live. To find out more about both shows, visit pubtalk.live. Thank you so much to my Patreon podcast sponsors, Brenda Drake and Reframe. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Agent Chat Live. Um, let's see if I have any announcements. Oh, the new episode of Corey's Qualms and Quirks went up today with picture book author Tara Lazar. It was a really fun episode. She is quite a character, so um, go listen to that. And then on Saturday, we have Pub Talk Live with Emily Feed and uh, Daniel J. Ford, who Daniel F. Ford, Daniel Ford, who is the um, host and creator of Writer's Bone Podcasts. And so we're going to be talking a lot about writing podcasts um, and author podcasts. So tune in for that Saturday at 9 p.m. All right. And today I'm interviewing literate agent Caitlin Johnson. After receiving a BA in writing, literature, and publishing from Emerson College, Caitlin refused to leave the concept of nightly homework behind. A literary agent for Belcastro Literary Agency, she is also a freelance editor at her own company, Strictly Textual. Caitlin started her literary journey as a copy editor for academic publisher Code Mantra, a YA editor for Accent Press, conference assistant for Grub Street Boston and has been agenting since 2016. So please welcome Caitlin to the show. Hello. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Thanks for coming. So my goal with Agent Chat Live is to help potential clients get to know agents a little bit better. Um, And viewers are welcome to drop questions in the comments, but just a heads up that we won't be doing a couple different kinds of questions. Like I won't really ask any questions that like a Google search or any agent can answer. So things like word count or whatever. And I also won't be asking what I like to call pre-queries. So if you're like, hey, would you be interested in my book about mermaids in space? Um, I don't ask questions like that. Um, Yeah, so we'll just go ahead and get started. Hello, Karen. Hi, Jay. Um, So the viewers of my YouTube channel call themselves Pubbers from my show Pub Talk Live. So they're all saying, hey, Pubbers. (laughs) All right, so I have a softball to start off. <laughs> I mean, they're all really softballs, but um, what categories and genres do you represent? And go into as much detail as you would like. Cool. So I do upper middle grade all the way up to adult. And I do basically, my big ones are contemporary, fantasy, historical fiction. Hush. Sorry. <laughs> this is going to be a thing. Um, historical fiction, um, very light sci fi, and then. Uh, romance or contemporary romance, uh, rom-com stuff. I really just don't do thriller, mystery, suspense, and nonfiction or like poetry or short stories. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's see. Oh, Wendy and Tamitha have joined us. Hello. Um, All right. So why why did you get into agenting? Hush. (laughs) Okay. So they're just going to have to say hi real quick. There's the one oh, and the other one. Yeah, yeah, the other one's <laughs> under there. But the the foster dog's the one barking. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I started out um, wanting to be a writer slash like editor. I wanted to be in my own little cubby hole, editing books and just being happy. Um, and then I quickly realized that's probably not realistic, especially at the time when all the editors were either 
being laid off or moving different places constantly and all that stuff. So I interned at um, a literary agency and I started learning about it and I realized I could kind of get the best of both worlds where I can still get my editing, but I can also kind of have a say in what's coming out, what's going to be on shelves and find those new things that people want to read, not just edit what people have already picked. Um, so I kind of fell in love with it and I just, I don't know. I just couldn't not do it. <laughs> that makes sense. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, so this question is a little bit of, of a preface um, because I, I find that if I don't, people are too humble. So don't be humble. I'm going to give you a chance to brag about yourself. So take advantage of it. <laughs> if someone is thinking about querying you and your wish list lines up with their work, why should someone query you? Why would you make a good agent for them? I, I mean, I pretty much try not to ever really give up on submissions. Um, I will just keep sending and sending and sending it out and sending it out um, until we find somebody, even if like we decide to move on to a new book and we're not focusing on the first one. I'm still like, if I talk to an editor and they happen to like something similar to that book, I'll be like, Oh, we have this one, you know, I had it for three years, but you could still sell it. You never know. So I don't really stop selling the books as once we start moving on to things. Um, and I mean, personally, I'm just really proud of my communication. Um, I pretty much talk to my clients all the time. I'm reachable on almost every platform just because I know how stressful it is in this remote world. Like when people don't answer you, um, no subtext there. I just really don't like it in general. <laughs> so I really try to be super communicative and make sure everybody's doing well. So I definitely do a lot of mental health check-ins and make sure people are okay. And if they need to get on a video or something and like brainstorm. Um, and I'm super editorial. That's not even bragging. I'm just really type A editorial. <laughs> can't let it go till I feel like it is edited as far as we can go. So I think those are like my main three things. And I'll, you know, show you lots of dog pictures. <laughs> All right. Um, that makes sense that you're very editorial because you're a freelance editor as well. So we have a question from Patreon supporter. They can submit questions ahead of time. Uh, Danny asks, your bio says, the nerdier the fandom, the better. What would you say is your favorite type of supernatural creature? Ooh. It's a hard one. So <laughs> the weeping angels are like, you know, top sci-fi monster kind of creature. Because there's literally like no way to beat them. And pretty much no way to outrun them. So I think those top my favorites, I know those would be like super, super hard to put in a book, but I think Weeping Angels are probably some of my favorites. Um, I'm not a big, I like vampires, but I'm not like, well, I think Twilight ruined a lot of stuff for me, but I think that definitely that kind of stuff. Um, and I love sirens, really into like creepy mermaidy, not like Disney mermaid, but creepy sirens yeah so <laughs> i'm noticing a pattern i think you like like creepy things that have like that dread factor <laughs> yeah i think if it's paranormal i usually <laughs> like the creepy factor on it oh karen has a follow-up question sam dean or both <laughs> dean always dean sam was like way too whiny for me <laughs> i was like he started out pretty strong and then i was like nah no. <laughs> I mean, all the way, especially, especially then with the ending with Cass. I'm like, yeah, 
Yeah. All right. Um, so this is another question with a caveat. I have a couple of them. Um, yeah. So sometimes when we talk about this, like what would you change about the industry? It's, it's framed as like, if you had a magic wand, what would you change about the industry? But like, because I'm such a pragmatist, that question upsets me. So my question is realistically though, if you had a lot of power in the publishing industry, like you're the CEO of Simon Schuster, random house, whatever the big publisher is going to be called in the future. Um, what would you change about the industry? <laughs> There's so much I would want to change. I mean, I think personally salaries are crap. I think people, what are people are getting paid are absolute crap and that's why nobody can get assistance and nobody can get through their lists. So I think it's all a factor because for me, the wait times are so hard, like, you can an agent can send an email to an editor and not hear back from them for a year um, or never hear back from them. And half the time that's not rudeness. It's they don't have an assistant or anybody to help them and they get submissions upon submissions plus all of their work. And I don't think the pay is realistic for the things that they're going through and they just can't do it all. Um, so I think that's something I think that the ludicrous amount we spend on books for advances. I think authors should be earning royalties faster personally. Um, so I think it got to be such a Hollywood biz of, oh, you got a six figure deal. And then I'm like, yeah, you're going to get that in like three installments over two or three years. And then you might start, you're still not going to start your royalties for another two to three years, possibly. So why don't we just lower that advance and start paying out authors for royalties faster and have an actual baseline of what books are worth instead of, well, we really, really like this and we think other people will like this. So we're all going to like, throw our entire budget at it and then we can offer to other books later on mm -hmm. so i think there needs to be a better basis of what books are getting to be bought onto the actual list for a publisher personally if any of that makes sense but <laughs> that's what bothers me yeah. One of many things yeah yeah it's a it's a very tough industry to work in new york city for forty thousand a year I can't even imagine trying to live in New York with the workload and the money. No. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I did do the math. So, you know, um, Orlando has a 50% the cost of living of New York city. Right. So if you're paying uh, someone like 42,000 there, that's like paying someone 21,000 here. Like, can you imagine? Awful for like a fraction of the size. Like, yeah. You get. Um, all right. So if you sign a client, um, what can they expect after that? What does your process normally look like? And what is your communication style usually like? So normally we're doing emails or I have a Slack channel that all of my clients are on so they can talk to each other and they can brainstorm and we can share pictures of dogs for everybody. Um, and then I can personally email that, like message them privately on Slack. Um, so what normally happens is when I offered to them, I gave them my, the edits I would suggest. And I'll tell them, okay, I want you to start working on those edits. Excuse me. And then you'll send them back and I'll read them and I'll read it through. And if we need to, we'll do another round of edits. Um, if not, I'll send you back my edits. You'll look over them. And while you're doing that, I'm creating an editor list basically. Um, so while I'm editing, I expect the author to be fine tuning the social media and stuff. If they don't have social media when I pick them up, that's when we work on that to get the website looking nice, to get her, them possibly, you know, interacting with the community a little bit, just so editors can find them somehow in some factor. Um, and I start letting them know 
to think of editors or houses they really want to go to. Um, just so that if they have a dream editor that might be a good fit, they're on the list. Um, so that we do include that on there. But that's usually my process is just dive right into edits, get working, and hopefully get them out on sub as soon as possible. All right. Um, okay, so it's time for the quick round. So um, just kind of answer, you know, quickly. Uh, <laughs> this is the last question with the prequel. <laughs> um, so when I was trying to come up with like a name for the series, I, I'm terrible at coming up with names and titles and that kind of thing. So I asked the Patreon um, for suggestions and Danny had suggested um, snack time with an agent, which I really liked because I thought it was like, you know, casual, like <laughs> I wanted. But then I also was worried that it would imply it was like kid lit only. Oh, I get that. Okay. So this question basically came from that. I didn't obviously didn't go with that. It's Agent Chat Live, but this question came from that. So the question is, what is your favorite snack? I like salt and vinegar chips a lot. Mm. A lot. Good. Yeah. Um, what is your preferred caffeine source? Coffee. <laughs> Black coffee. It's got like I can't do creamer and stuff like that. Oh wow. Uh, what, is there a word that you irrationally hate? Uh, I don't, I can't think of it right now. I know there <laughs> is one, but I'm not going to say moist like everybody else. I'm put you on the spot. You did. I don't. Um, I mean, I, there is one, but it's like not appropriate for air. So I'm not. Gonna... <laughs> okay. That's what I love that word. Yeah. Um, all right. Is there a... Or, okay, one person, living or dead, fictional or real, that you would like to read a memoir from? Oh, oh, um, Amelia Earhart. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a really I have a client who's doing a graphic novel on her right now, and I'm like, I would love for her to like just divulge everything to us. Yeah, that would be really cool. All right, uh, and last quick round question: Who is your favorite superhero? Buffy. <laughs> nice. Oh All right. We have another question from Patreon supporter Danny. Being a conference assistant for Grub Street, Boston, what are your favorite places to eat when you're in Boston? <laughs> um, so we always went to Rock Bottom, which is like around the corner from where Grub used to be. They just moved to the seaport, and I haven't seen a new space yet, and I can't wait to see it. Um, but Rock Bottom is basically just like a brew, fried food, beer place. Mm -hmm. But there was a place out in, um, I can't remember. Br Br I can't remember the neighborhood I'm from. I was living in. Um, but they're out by my old place where it was literally across the street. We could walk to it from out the door, and it was this pizza and wings place, and it was called Rock City, and it's so good, so freaking good. Like I don't know what this dude was doing. It's a little small business, personal own thing. Um, and I'm, I'm like, every time we go, we, I want to go back and we haven't been able to yet. So mm. that was my favorite was Rock City. What style um, pizza was it? Well, there was the um, the Buffalo Ranch chicken pizza. Oh, okay. But like New York style? Or oh, like... no. I, I don't know. I don't know what I would like call it. 
it wasn't deep dish or like thick and I don't like red sauce, tomato sauce. Mm. So we would always get like the ranch or the barbecue or something. So okay. but it was like goofy and cheesy and just. Mm, yeah. 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 So my, um, we've been joking for a long time that my next spinoff is going to be called pizza talk live where I just like go to pizza with authors and talk to them. Yes. <laughs> I love pizza so much. You'll have that new Netflix show instead of Jerry Seinfeld with coffee. That's what I said. Yeah, they're like, you should do it. I'm like, no, this is like something I need like the Food Network to like sponsor the show. Like I'm not making them. I'm not traveling all over by myself on my own dime. <laughs> <laughs> and also like recording audio in a pizza place. I just I don't have the skills for that. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a nightmare. Um, but there was, uh, you reminded me, there was like this pizza place in St. Louis. My roommate took me. Her name was Caitlin. That was funny. Um, and she was like, you have to go to this pizza place. It's so good, blah, blah, right? And we're dry. she's driving. And it's like in this neighborhood, like just full on neighborhood. <laughs> like there are no shops. There's nothing. There's not even a gas station. It's a neighborhood, right? Like and I'm like, <laughs> what is this place? And we go around the back of what looks like a house into the basement, but it's just a full, it's a restaurant. It just happens. I don't know. Maybe they got like grandfathered in on zoning or something, but it's this restaurant in a basement. And there's like, it's, it looks like a dive bar. Like there's not a lot of room. It was an old easy. There's a, a shuffleboard table, you know, in the Midwest shuffleboard tables are or everywhere right um and it took a and we ordered and it took like an hour to get our pizza and it's chicago style so it's like the super thick i call it cheese pie because <laughs> that's what it is it's like a pie that has cheese in it um and it was really good it was really really good <laughs> i well, i went there a lot hour. yeah well because it takes longer to cook the um. chicago style one yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that was your mini pizza talk live. <laughs> All right. So I don't ask a lot of like querying advice questions, but this is the one querying advice question. What is your single best query letter tip? Um, just really tell us what's unique about yours. What if you took your comparison title or a book that's similar to yours and they were on the shelf next to each other? Why would I pick yours up rather than that one? Um, I think a lot of people try to just focus on here's my character and here are the themes of my book and here's like this random really exciting moment and that's what they tell me and I'm like oh okay I've had this this plot line a million times how did you put your spin on it um, mm -hmm. so that will be the first thing to grab me is if I, I can see what is unique about yours as opposed to the other thing that has the same plot mm, that's good so what makes it what makes it different all right. Now I know you love animals. So hopefully you have an answer to this question. It's okay if you don't. I know I'm putting you on the spot with this one. What is a good literary name for a cat or a dog? Well, not Shakespeare. <laughs> That's just way too overdone. Um, Byron would be a good one. Oh, yeah. Byron would be good. Mm -hmm. Can't think of another one, so I'm gonna go with Byron. <laughs> okay, that's good. That's Especially good black cat. Like we were talking about black cats earlier. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll be a good name for a cat. All right. What is your favorite thing about being a literary agent? 
all the stories. I just like, I get first dibs on like reading awesome work before it comes out. So I get to like witness a writer's mind in that chaos. And I think brainstorming and editing through a book before it's actually gone to a publisher is so much fun. Um, I mean, obviously it's not always fun because it's like pulling teeth sometimes and nobody likes to tell you, well, this part doesn't work. Um, but I don't know, there's just something about finding these stories that are so raw and fresh. Um, mm. I think that's my favorite part. And randomly meeting my clients when they happen to be in town since I like haven't met any of them. Yeah. Those are good days. <laughs> yeah, people uh, travel to our area more often than a lot of other areas. So I know. I'm like, I, I have the potential of meeting my clients. This is different. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I actually met my agent when she came to town. Too. <laughs> I'm, I'm seeing a client on Sunday, I think. They're coming. They came to Disney. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. All right. Um, what are the last couple of books that you published books, sorry, that you read and really enjoyed? I read Small Spaces, the middle grade, which mm -hmm. is pretty good. I'm, I'm going to read Doll Bones next to compare because they're mm -hmm. both middle grade horror. I read, I read, it's probably on the shelf somewhere behind me. Um, I, oh, I read, I read, um, oh, Oh, I read Cemetery Boys, obviously, which was amazing. Um, there's little gaps between all the stuff I read, so then I forget what I read. Yeah. They should be sitting right here, and I can't see them. <laughs> mm, I want to read Hollow Spaces, too. But I don't want to think. Oh, I reread. Um, it's kind of cheating, but it's my it's my client's book. Um, but I reread May the Best Man Win by oh, okay. Zay, um, because I wanted to see the finished product. Um because some things did get changed in editing and stuff, and I had never read the newest version. Mm -hmm. So I reread that on my vacation a couple months back. So those cool. were most three recent. Yeah. Nice. Um, whenever you are on the call, I feel like you have to say that with capital letters, yep. <laughs> um, with a client, are there any questions that you wish writers would ask you more? Yeah, they should ask communication style, hands down, because I'm going to stress it all the time. They should ask um, what the feedback style is, like if we're tough love, if we're compliment sandwich. Um, and they should always ask if there's a contract for one. Um, some people forget, like, you know, if there's no contract, why are you doing this? There should always be a contract. Um, and I wish some would ask about... Um, the levels of your list, I think, because I get a lot of people who ask me how many clients I have. And it's a hard question just because I have uh, shifting around about 21, I think, right now. Um, but there's a difference between like active clients, writing clients and then dormant clients, mm -hmm. uh, because I don't I don't I'm not really at a place in my career right now where I believe in dropping clients just because they're not pumping out a book a year for me. Um, so I have clients who like haven't given me a new book in like two years because they're still writing or life happened or pandemic happened. Um, so sometimes I think that's a good thing to discuss just because it's not about just saying how many clients do you have? Oh, you have 20 clients. You're not going to have time for me. Bye-bye. Like that's not a good factor of how an agent works basically. Um, mm -hmm. because like at any one time we can have all or none of our clients on submission or like usually I have lately about nine or 10 on submission because others are writing. So I think that's something important for authors to think about when they are getting that call is to ask about the balancing act between that. Mm -hmm. 
That's good. Um, that was mainly because I have to film a video for the library soon on like what to ask an agent on the call. So that was just for me. <laughs> um, all right. So we are almost out of questions. So if y'all watching have any questions, make sure you drop them in the comments so we can get them before we say goodbye. But um, so my last prepared question is if you have a client whose first book doesn't sell, what does that normally look like? So normally that's like when we're getting to the lower end of the list, like we're going to mid and small presses, then I'll talk to them and be like, all right. And usually we're already working on the next one anyway, because the second that one's on sub, I'll be like, okay, what are we doing? What are we writing? What are we doing? Like, send me your pitches. Let's see what should be the next work. Um, so once we get to that spot, I'll let them know like, hey, be prepared. We're running out of editors. We may not be able to keep this on sub for much longer or, you know, we'll need to wait until more editors enter the field or change their manuscript wish lists. Um, and then I'll be like, let's talk about your new one and let's talk about what this means because I don't ever think anything's again, put in the trash. Um, it's on a shelf. And if I hear somebody say they, they want something like it, I'll pull it off the shelf and dust it off. Uh, that like no, the marketplace is so fickle. It comes around every few months. Like you never know when it's going to be back and when a new editor comes in and really wants it. Mm -hmm. So we definitely talk about that. And then we talk about kind of what, um, it means for the writer going forward to make sure it's not like a defeatist attitude because I know that's never fun, but it's also kind of interesting because you get to get that opportunity where you say, yes, this one's not selling, but like the majority of my clients, all their second book sold, not mm -hmm. the first one. And it's because your first book with your agent, you're learning how to edit yourself so much better um, because they're giving you a marketing eye like for it all. So I have that discussion with them about how this is not necessarily a bad thing because your next one's going to show how much you've grown as an author, which means you can go back to that first book and possibly tweak it um, down the road. So I definitely try to keep it as a positive thing and not just like, oh, this is not working. So clearly it sucks. Let's go to something that's better. That doesn't help anybody. Yeah. Yeah. I, ha I have an interview coming up with Mike Chen on the podcast on Corey's Qualms and Quirks. And he said that um, they shelved his first book and then sold another book. And then he ended up selling that first book as like, or it was the second book on a two book contract, basically. Yeah, because yeah. if they want, um, you will do it. Yeah. And then Suzanne Park, she um, didn't sell her first two books that went on on sub. Um, but the one book that she has coming out was meant to be like a sequel to the second book they went on on sub with. And so she just like changed it. So it's not a sequel anymore. And it's old. <laughs> nice. You never know how so, you're going to mess with it. Like Zabay did the, he, his first book didn't, didn't sell. And he sold his next three books. Mm -hmm. um, and now he's revising the first book and completely changing it, which I'm so excited for. Um, yeah. But like it happens all the time. So if you have a client who wants to switch genres or write in a different genre, what does that conversation look like? Um, they just tell me, honestly, I'm open to most genres from my personal clients. Like I don't take mystery thriller and stuff like that, but if my client is going to try to write one, I'll, I'll look at it and I'll read it first and see how it is. If I still don't think I'm the right agent for it, we'll have that discussion where I can be like, look, another Bel Castro agent reps this stuff and is good at it. Would you like to discuss it with them and see if you guys match? And if the Bel Castro agent isn't a good fit, I am open to talking to my clients about, all right, we can find an agent that will just work on your thrillers or just mm -hmm. work on your suspense if that agent is open. 
But the whole point is that you have to tell your current agent and have them agree to it. Um, otherwise, it's shady. Yeah. But I'm pretty open with my clients writing different genres. I don't believe in writers being pigeonholed into one thing. Um, I think in your first couple books, yes, they should probably be in the same genre just because you're building that audience. And once you've got that first or second one out, they'll follow you, you to whatever you write. Um, mm -hmm. So that's fine. Like if Aiden Thomas decided to write something else right now, I would totally still read it. Um, yeah. Cemetery, Cemetery Boys was amazing. Um, so I am totally open to my clients doing that. And most of my clients write in different genres. I think I have like a couple who stick to only the one thing because, you know, that's what they love. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty flexible with a lot of it. Yeah. Cool. Um, I was going to say something, but I was just listening and then I forgot. Okay. Um, Karen said, Caitlin, I've been wanting to thank you for years. You were the only agent who personalized a query rejection for me. It was tough love, but it got me thinking and I really appreciated still do that. Oh, well, you're welcome. I try to do feedback when possible. Like I really, especially if I really notice something that I'm like, I can say something that could really help here. Um, yeah. so I really tried to, to give that feedback. So I'm really happy that it, it did help you move forward. I'm always worried that it's not, it's going to be taken the wrong way. Yeah. Oh, Tim said, I signed a publishing deal for my second book yesterday and the publisher is interested in my first book. Congrats. Oh. All right. Um, all right. So before we say goodbye, Caitlin, do you have any last words of wisdom for any writers? Just keep, keep going. I know it's like super difficult. It's so difficult, yeah. um, especially with pandemic and like the world exploding right now. Um, but just just keep going and try not to write to trends or anything. Write the book of your heart because eventually the market's going to be looking for it. Even if it's not right now, by the time you finish the book, it might be. So try not to like only write what you think people want to see or what you like you think it's your the stuff you want to write isn't good enough. Write what you want to write. Um, cause otherwise you're not going to enjoy your career anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, and hopefully I'll be open to queries in October again. That is the goal. <laughs> I got a lot of partials done today. Yeah. So hopefully I'll be open pretty soon. All right, cool. I did see today, by the way, that Saritza Hernandez is open to queries again. So you can, she was actually the first agent chat live guest. <laughs> so you can go watch that and query her. So, um, y'all yeah. should query her cause she's amazing. <laughs> yeah. All right. That is everything. Um, thank you all so much for watching, whether you're watching live or watching the replay or listening to the podcast version. And I'm just going to put up the names of my Patreon supporters for a minute. And um, thank you all so much. We'll see you next time. Hopefully you'll see you Saturday for Pub Talk Live. I just saw a comment pop up. Yeah. Oh, uh, so it's a Hernandez. So if you go to Agent Chat Live on my YouTube channel, um, it'll, if you scroll all the way back to like the first one on the agent chat live playlist, it'll be there. She's at, um, <laughs> I just saw the awesome Andrea hair. Brown, right? Thanks to Ritz, Andrea Brown. Andrea Brown. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And thank you. We, we do have awesome hair. <laughs> I really need a haircut. So I'm like, oh, I'm getting one next weekend. I'm so excited. I'm like hiding as much of the floof as I can. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. So I'm going to put up the Patreon supporters. And um, Caitlin, if you want to stick around a couple seconds, I'll talk to you after the show. Okay. Bye. If you're enjoying this show, please check out my other podcast, Queries, Qualms, and Quirks.
Queries, Qualms, and Quirks asks published authors to share their successful query letter and discuss their journey from first spark to day of publication. I interview authors of all genres about how they got started writing, getting their book deal, and their experiences with publication. Search for it on your favorite podcast app.